Hey, good morning, good evening, good night to everybody. I don't know what time you're listening to this, but, like if you're listen- show. but if you're listening to it, you're listening to New Hope Underground. I am one of your hosts, Pastor Tyler Sturkey, along with the hostess with the mostest, Pastor Darren Hansen. He, he's hostier than I am. I'm hostier. Because he hosts more often. I'm toastier because I'm wearing a hoodie. Toastier and hostier, the mostier. Uh, welcome to New Hope Underground. Uh, special episode series overview. It is series no. overview. It's time again for the series overview. It is time again for the series overview. Which means, and for those of you who, yeah, who don't know what a series overview is for, this is the episode where we overview the series. <laughs> we are not subtle people. No, not at all. <laughs> Put it right in your face. Series overview. We name things for what they are. Exactly. Um. So. I want to make sure everyone it? understands exactly where we're coming from. Now, no is, questioning. Is that bad that this is New Hope Underground, but we're actually on the second <laughs> floor of the building? And and, we're, and not only that, but it's not underground at all. We're in your face about we, this. We are not as literal <laughs> as we think we are. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. Anyway, <laughs> the series overview, we uh, kind of highlight a series that is about to come up. And uh, I mean, literally just give an overview of it just to give people a taste of uh, some of the topics we're going to be covering and the reason why uh, we're doing this series because all of our series we try to do with great intention. Uh, there's typically some sort of a big idea or primary thing we're wanting to see formed in people whenever we do a particular series. And so then each of the weeks, which we don't always go into like the real particulars about like what each week is about because there's something about maintaining the mystery. That's right. Got to unfold a little. Yeah, we at enjoy. Time. There's a uh, what's his name? J.J. Abrams did the TED talk on the mystery box, where haven't heard that one. You yeah, I mean it's the whole him and then who J.J. Abrams and then the other guy who like co-wrote, co-produced, co-directed. I don't know what they co-did for Lost, the show Lost. Okay. Uh, the theory behind what they did was called the mystery box. And he did a Ted talk on it of essentially saying you present things in the show that, uh, especially near the beginning that present questions about, I mean, for example, that in the example that he gave was in lost episode, like the pilot, the polar bear running through the, I mean, it's a desert deserted Island, not a desert Island, a deserted <laughs> Island. Right. And like one of the first things is there's this polar bear running right at them. And you're like, what in the world is a polar bear doing on a deserted island, like in the middle of tropical the Paci- island, yeah. like the, like the Pacific? That's the question. So now you're hooked because you're like something is going on, and I don't know what it is. And the mystery of it keeps me engaged. And what you do is you take the mystery, and it's in a box that you don't open for a very long time. Now, granted, right. some of the mysteries of that show never got opened, right? I was going to say, do they ever answer the polar bear question? No, that was actually one of the ones that you never found out why there is a polar bear. I think that's hilarious. A lot of the... I didn't didn't watch Lost. Yeah, yeah. A a lot of the... That was like... That show was on right prime in my 20s. (laughs) So people are waiting forever for this polar bear. When I didn't have kids and had nothing else to do. Uh, So yeah, Lindsay Lindsay and I watched that show a lot. Uh, But anyway, I mean, there's just a lot of questions that over the course of the show and especially toward the end began to get answered. And that's what kept you engaged is because, and I just remember it was like at the very end of the show when it ended and it went to screen black, I'm like, 
What about the polar bear? Yeah. <laughs> so some <laughs> that's of the are, one thing that's in your mind. Anyway, yeah. uh, <laughs> but that's kind of what this series overview is, is we want to give you a little taste, but leave you wanting more. So you're like, oh, like that sounds like an awesome series. So I, like I want to show and up. And you'll be and, doing Ruth. Uh, I'm sorry, not Ruth. The I will, you, you, I will be doing already, that one too. Sorry, that's our next series. <laughs> that's our next I'm series way ahead. Uh, but with, you, you can't take it with you. We've already started it. Yeah. We got a little bit behind in our series overview here. Well, so. and, the, and the reason why, I mean, let's just be really honest. The reason why we got a little bit behind on the series overview is because we were so obsessed with tracking that spy balloon from China. Yeah, exactly. Flying over the continental U.S. Exactly. You know, I just read something where they have recovered like a large portion of the actual spy, like including the parts of the balloon and they managed to piece it together. And there's actually a message on the bottom of the balloon. What's it say? Uh, we've been trying to reach you about your extended car warranty. <laughs> that does not surprise me. So it makes Someone sense. Someone said it went over central Illinois. We could have seen it. It went over St. Louis. It went over St. Louis. Yeah. It, and I mean, I don't think it was ever supposed to go over us. I think it went down into like Kentucky, Tennessee, but it did actually go over which is so funny, the memes that were have, were put out about that. Like yeah. they showed one of like the spy balloons view of Southern Illinois and it shows like two overweight people and the guys <laughs> throwing a beer bottle up. At the yeah, I was in there. <laughs> yeah. And I was the woman. <laughs> they thought it was a woman. It was, yeah. you, it was you and me. So we've we just been so preoccupied with that. It was hard to get to the series that we're Yeah, doing. so we realized like, oh yeah, we already started. Yeah, it's like, sorry. We, we just got caught up in like figuring out like, is there something about our extended car warranty? Yeah. I wasn't sure, which there wasn't. And Tyler's being kind, covering up the fact that I just did not get the series that we're No, man, time. come on. I, I'm, just being, I'm just taking the... I'm you just don't taking need the, I, I I laid out a perfectly believable story, Darren. <laughs> Come on, man. I ruined it in one in one sentence. Hey, no, we just got a little behind. It's okay. But it is you, you can't take it with you is the name of this series. Yeah. And so when I, I, the reason I brought that up is because it's ironic you're talking about the mystery box, but yet we're doing this after we started the series. Yeah. So there's some mysteries already been resolved. So we actually already but, tripped over the box and broke it open yeah. and now it's all I will tell you this. We will not we will not explain the polar bear in the series no. by the time it's over. No, we will not. No, just understand that. Polar bear comes up a lot in every week. and That's the, the kind of behind-the-scenes stuff you want to hear here <laughs> when you listen to this podcast or so, watch us on YouTube. Yeah, so anyway, yeah, we're doing, we started a series at the beginning of February, technically last week, called You Can't Take It With You. And I love the title of it because it's the title of one of my favorite old-time movies, 1938, Jimmy Stewart movie. Because you came up with it? Did I come up with it? I don't remember. I don't. I don't think I <laughs> you did. Said that. Like, I don't think I did. I just. I mean, I love the name of this series mainly because I came up with it. I was. I think I was actually. The reason I say this, I think I was really upset that I didn't come up with it because it's oh, okay. the title of my my total time favorite movie. Actually, yeah, I think that and was so right. Someone said else that. said it, and I jumped on. Yeah, it. I was like, I don't, oh my goodness, that's perfect name for this. I don't remember who came up with it, but I do remember you saying yeah. that. You're like that was like my, that you know favorite. <laughs> Movie of that. Oh, my so, goodness. Yeah, anyway. If you haven't watched that movie, Jimmy Stewart, yeah. Gene Arthur. Jimmy Stewart. Yeah. John, uh, Barrymore. Uh, John Barrymore. It's really, really good. I thought you were going to say Drew Barrymore. And Well, yeah, there's some connection there somewhere. But well, like, man, she wasn't alive in 38, I don't she think. She was 83, though. Yeah. E.T. <laughs> Phone home. <laughs> anyway, uh, but yeah, so we should yeah, probably actually talk a little bit about the series itself. Uh, so, yeah, series is called uh, You Can't Take It With You. And it's a, a kind of a financial series because um, I think, man, this last year or so, I mean, really since the pandemic, lots of fears and 
sure. frustrations around economic stuff. And I, I want to throw up every time I look at my IRA. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Especially for people who are like closer to retirement or whatever. They're just very aware of that. And it can just stir all kinds mm-hmm. of emotions and cause us sometimes. Inflation hasn't been kind. Yeah, no, inflation has not so been just a all sorts fun of hang. Yeah. I mean, we spent our way through a pandemic. So yeah. what did we think was going to happen? Um, but now living with some of the fallout of that. And of course, fear and anger can often cause us to respond in lots of unbiblical ways especially around our money. It's a kind of way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to be tactful, <laughs> graciously frank. Um, so anyway, but I think that was something as we were kind of brainstorming and praying and dreaming for this year, you know, we realized like it's been a while since we've, ha- I mean, we, it's hard not for money to come up in various ways and topics in other series we do. I mean, that's just part, because it's a part of life. But we realized we had not done a series like this in several years. I can't, I mean, I don't, I can't even remember the last like specifically financial related series we'd done. You know, which is so, someone told me the other day, I think this is hilarious. I'm just being honest. Yeah. But some, they've been working on somebody to invite in the church. <laughs> this has been several years ago. Yeah. And they finally came. And the day they came was, when we're talking about money, yeah, <laughs> of course. And so they walked out thinking, "Oh, church is talking about money." So they ever, I'm like, "You need to be here for a while because we it's very rare yeah. that we actually because we're aware of that culturally speaking." But it's not like you can just lay off of it. I mean, how much of the New Testament's about sure money? I mean, Jesus talked about it, yeah, and an it was awful like a lot. And I and I was looking about at, our hearts, yeah, and I know? and I was and I talk about that already because it was already done uh, for <laughs> the first week of the series of. Like realizing, because I like wanted to actually like look up statistics around that because you hear things like that said, but I'm like, has anyone ever actually verified that? And so like I looked it up and it's somewhere between a fourth to a third of Jesus's teachings deal with money either directly or indirectly. Because sometimes there's, because I think it was like 11 out of his 39 parables yeah. You use money. Now, sometimes they are directly about money. Sometimes right. they use money, but it's indirectly in the sense that he's using money to communicate an idea about something else. Right. But still, it's like inescapable. It's like a prop in the story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's inescapable that he used, he talked about that that much because it was a huge part of their life, just like it is now. Um, the way we use money and how we handle our money has maybe changed today because we have banks and insurance and things like that and cryptocurrency and sometimes it's numbers on a screen. And back then it was uh, trading of goods and services of animals or it was coins or sometimes it was just jewelry and gems and things like that that you bury in your backyard. Right. But right. nevertheless, all of it comes falls under this wider umbrella that Jesus uses of treasure, mm. something that we value. And that's where I kind of went with the first series of uh, that, just the kind of famous verse of, you know, where our treasure is, there our heart will be also, and we can't serve God in money. And so a lot of that is, again, because really anytime Jesus talked about money, he wasn't really talking i mean sometimes he was directly talking about money but he wasn't just talking about money he was really talking about our hearts because that's the thing he's most concerned with is who we are becoming not just how much you give or spend or whatever though that reflect can reflect our hearts hence my little story i was trying to set you up yeah it it worked (laughs) that's right no that's so good and i think that's you know another thing that i find interesting about when you look at the teachings of jesus 
when they when they do concern money, it's almost I don't know how to say this, but it's almost matter of fact with him. Mm. And what I mean by that is like it's just kind of like it's obvious to his audience, like this isn't good, you know, the love of money. Yeah, like he doesn't like go in and explain. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Explain things like I think we tend to do. He just he just assumes a consciousness about it. Yeah. In my opinion, it's just Darren's opinion, but you know, as I'm kind of reading through, like uh, that, because there was such a two parties or two not two party two class system that he was living in. Yeah. You know, there were the very poor and the. I mean, there wasn't a lot. There was middle class. Don't get me wrong, but there just wasn't. Mm. There, you know, there were so. For instance, we have our uh, we we have different classes that we don't even acknowledge sometimes, but. We definitely do in our society. Every society does. But it, it seems to me, in their kind of almost outdoor society, everybody's walking everywhere. There's no cars. You know what I'm saying? Like, the, the people are, you're interacting with people on a daily basis. Yeah. Who are very, very poor. You know, in a lot of poverty. And so I think the thing that people saw, uh, they could see the injustice more than we can even in, in our corporate world, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Sure. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, one way or another, it touches every part of life. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting how, and I don't know if this is a discernment thing, but over the years, like whenever I see problems in our country and in the world and, you know, different, which I mentioned this in my, you know, message about organizations that take a stand on something, whether politically or, or whatever. And I've noticed time and time again, it's like they take a stand until they start losing business because of it. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly they miraculously flip on their idea or back on their idea. And it's hard for me to like in that moment and see it always comes back to money, Mm. whether Mm. it's government or whether it's private business or whatever it is, people taking stands for things. Um, they're willing to take a stand as long as it doesn't affect my bottom line. Mm. And then as soon as it, I'm, you know, my money or my treasure, the thing I treasure is in danger. Uh, then suddenly I start singing a different tune and it means something else. Yeah. Morality is different. At that and point. the church is no different. Yeah. And that's something that like we as a leadership team have often had to, it's like not wanting to make decisions based on money. Cause it's like churches can easily be like, we'll, you know, we'll give in to the loudest voice or the biggest giver in the church or something like that because we're afraid of losing money or afraid of not being able to whatever. I mean, that's a real thing, even in the church. So to act like, oh, those people, but we're exempt. It's like, no, like even the story I tell at the beginning of my message shows that even spiritual leaders are not exempt or immune to being lovers of money. You bet. And I, I mean, I had to, God had to do some work in my life to even be able to share the story that I share at the beginning because it was it was a formational thing for me to like recognize, ooh, I didn't like how I reacted there. Because I'm learning more and more oftentimes it's not about acting like Jesus, it's reacting like Jesus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> our reactions are often more telling of us being like Jesus or not than our actions. When I have enough time to think and plan to act a certain way, that's one thing. But when my knee-jerk reaction, that shows what's inside me unfiltered and sometimes mm. that's not a fun fun hang that's not a good thing I, I don't like what i see yeah exactly somebody said it this way i'm sure you've heard this before but it's like having a 
a cup. You can have a cup and it can have water or sewage in it. And when you get bumped and it's spilled, that's what comes out. Yeah. So you can blame the person bumping you. But the truth is, it's whatever's in your cup. It's whatever's inside you that spills out. Yeah, yeah. exactly. No, that's super That's kind good. of the reaction thing you're talking about. And so that's some of, I mean, me just even sharing. And hopefully there's a certain sense of like, hey, me too. Like, it's not like, oh, you all need to figure this out. I'm saying like, no, let's, let's journey together and figure this out as a community because I recognize I have deficits there too. Um, that it is, I think it is the greatest temptation and greatest idol in our culture. Um, and for us to pretend anything else is naive at best. Here's the irony of all that, in my opinion, is that the very thing that people are critical of when it comes to church and money, in, and in my opinion, rightly so, because there's been way too many people who have gone the route, your top church leaders who have gone the route and decided to be, you know, make their ministries lucrative as opposed to yeah. just about the kingdom, is that, wouldn't you say that that's... <sighs> Because of that, I think you and I, and I agree with this, and I think a lot of people in you know, our staff does too, and where we're trying to go as a church, is that we're not asking, we don't want people, our end goal is not to make people generous so they give more to us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Can you speak to that a little yeah. bit? Because I think that's a, you know, every time we talk about this, that's what comes up. Literally in a time of prayer, and sorry, this I don't want this to sound like super spiritual, but that thought occurred to me in the like planning and preparation of this series. Yeah. And I found myself even wrestling in prayer and feeling like the Holy Spirit asking me like what you're wanting. Cause the question we just always ask in our like planning of series is like, what do we want to see formed in the congregation? Like we're not just teaching to touch on cool ideas and for it to be entertaining or whatever, but it's actually about formation. Like what do, how is this forming the image of Christ into Uh, people who are listening or at least catalyzing formation and feeling like the Lord even said to me, you know, if this series plays a part, like, would you be okay? Maybe this is, yeah, sorry. I'm trying to think. I've never said this out loud. (laughs) So I'm trying to think how to word it out loud. Feeling like the Lord's like asked me, would you be okay with it? If this series formed people to be more generous Yet it led to a decrease in giving to our ministry. Yeah. Yeah. Because those two things aren't necessarily synonymous, synonymous yeah. and, and connected together. I think they can be. Oftentimes, as we see people grow, like they're partnering with us, and we're very, and I've said it a thousand times, but we'll say, like, we're very thankful for those who partner with us that we are able to do what we do and even to be able to do reach people through mediums like this that we wouldn't be able to meet. Because people partner with us financially. I mean, money's a a part. Ministry happens in many ways because of money. It's just a a stark reality. And we all all give here. Yeah, absolutely. Because of that. It's not like we're, like you said, it's not like we're exempt. Yeah. Even from the teaching. But I felt like the Lord, like, testing and uh, refining my motivations of saying, like, is this, because I can give lip service to that and be like, oh, no, it's not about giving more to our church. We just, I just want people to be more generous. And I felt like the Lord, it's like, even as I thought those thoughts of God saying, really? Like, is it? Meaning, like, yeah. if the actual fruit of this series was people are operating more in generosity, side to side, individually to each other, but we actually saw a dip in giving 
but people were, and of course there's no way for me to know people's hearts, but it's like, if there was a way for me to know people's hearts and, and to show as a congregation, as a community, they were on the whole more generous after this, but giving was, went down because of it. Would you be okay with that? And it was, I found myself at first wanting to be like, oh yeah, absolutely, Lord, definitely, because that's like the church answer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I had to wrestle with it for a little bit. Sure. Because I realized it's like... Because our livelihoods are tied to it a little bit too. Exactly. <laughs> but also, no one's motivations are black and white. Right. 100% this way or 100% that way. I realized it's like I can push for the highest percentage. Like I'm like 93% motivated of it's about what's formed in people, not about personal benefit. But if I were to say there's no desire to see like the level of support continue or increase 5% or 7% or 2%, I would be lying. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, I name it's there. Even if I don't want it to be there, we often can't change. I mean, some of that is probably in my flesh of my own self-preservation and wanting to be able to provide for my family, which isn't necessarily bad in and of itself. Right. Um, but realizing, but that does, I mean, for me to even do those things doesn't mean things have to stay the same. God, if I trust God and it, and he provides no matter what, ultimately, if it goes down the large, the large lion share of me could say, yeah, it's okay. We'll trust God in that. And so that's me wrestling. I mean, I'm just giving you the most honest answer. That's no, just me. That that's me wrestling with my own motivations and realizing no one's motivations are completely pure. And so I just have to recognize that and pray that the Holy spirit allow those fleshly impulses to not direct me. I, I appreciate the honesty. I think, you know, I've been with some people who are very sincere and were not making money on the church, working at the church. In fact, they had very low salaries. Yeah. But they were pushing the church to give more to the church. Mm. And part of that was they felt the pressure of that because it wasn't just them. They were, you know, it wasn't they, they weren't making anything on it or anything, you know, that kind of yeah. thing. But the part of it, too, was they, they felt like that's the only way they could measure whether or not people were being generous. Mm. And I think what you and I have had this discussion how many times is that I think we're in love with trying to measure things, yeah. you know, and I'm not so sure that's our responsibility. Stinking American church, yeah. man. We just got to have our numbers to yeah. show everybody how successful we are. Yeah. And I think, did it ever occur to us that maybe generosity could be measured in how many people we're seeing coming to Jesus, mm. in t especially in today's culture. One of the things I talked about in the Go Missionally part of our vision series was radical generosity yeah i remember i loved that that was so yeah, good because i think that's so important like in today's culture i think we need to put our money where our mouth is when it comes to other people who don't know jesus and that may be you know someone who's not giving the money to here but they're using it in their neighborhood which and, I remember, and are we okay with that that's yeah. the that's the thing i wrestle with just like you did and and piggybacking <clears throat> on that real quick uh i remember something tim maxson who discipled me said years ago because uh, there's a group of us who are just kind of sitting around and talking one time and him pointing out, he's like, you know, and, and it, like much of the rest of the world, this is what a lot of people do all most of the day. Hmm. And some of that's because there's not jobs, things sit like around that. And talk, you mean, and there's yeah, yeah. just sitting around and talking and things like that. And he just, he made a very uh, astute observation about our culture where he said in many parts of the world, people have an abundant amount of time, but a very little amount of money. 
Mm. And, and that is, there's a lot of parts of the world, third world nations, third world cultures that are like that. And I've been to places like that before, but he's like, but ours is the opposite Mm. for the most part, at least comparatively, we have an ample amount of money, but very little time. Mm. Like we, in America, we would never, he's like, whenever we were kind of sitting around, he's like, not a lot of people do this because they're too busy. And so more often than not, we're willing to pay people to do things because we don't want to spend the time doing it. Mm-hmm. And that's all the mm-hmm. modern uh, appliances of convenience and things like that. Talking about, which I'm sorry, I'm getting off into other things when I say that about, you know, back in the 60s saying how much time, you know, people will be work, only have to work part time or 30 hours a week with all these appliances of yeah. convenience that will save yeah. us time. And it's like, no, we filled it to be more productive and make more money. Right. Because that's the thing we value the most. Right. And I'm speaking in some blanket statements when I say that. But yeah, I think about that a lot that sometimes to your point, the whole reason I mentioned that was you know, especially in our culture. I mean, yeah, generosity with money, we can hoard for sure. But for many people, time is our most valuable commodity because we live in such a fast-paced society and culture that for me to actually slow down and spend time with someone, that's even more generous, just as generous or more generous than if I just throw money at a problem. No, that's good. So... I think the, you could also say the I guess you could say the love of time in our culture is the root of all evil, hmm. just as much as money. And um, I mean, because there's actually the, that the axiom that was coined in our culture that time is money. Yeah, yeah. Like that originated that did not come anywhere else. That came out of Amer that you, came you, out of American culture. You bet. And so, so this whole series of you can't take it with you, uh, you can't take your money with you, but you also can't take your time. Yeah. I mean, that's dude. Interesting. <laughs> that's why. That's why we're we here. Brain, we should have brainstormed that before. <laughs> should have had a whole message on that. Oh that's my super goodness! Good. Yeah. Well, hey, uh, New Hope Podcast exclusive. <laughs> this is the like adopted fifth week of the series. But you have to pay for this content. Yes, it's behind a Patreon wall. <laughs> Just seven dollars a month. That's that's you all. Get, that's you get it. All, you get that's all it. kinds of extra content. That's right. It goes to Pastor Tyler Sturkey. Just make your checks out. <laughs> That's the one time I actually give my own email. If you want to reach me about being one of our yeah. Patreons, email me at Tyler Sturkey. Like, wait, you're expecting your email. Exactly. I, I, I was. That, that's the only time you don't give out money. We're email. joking. You don't have to pay anything exactly. for this. Exactly. Well, they're watching it. So if they're watching or listening to it and they realize you didn't The fact pay that for you it. didn't have to go through a paywall <laughs> to be able to hear us make these jokes shows that we're not. Nor will nor will it ever be behind a paywall. No, oh, eventually. Oh, okay. I don't know. No, I'm just joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I know, I know you're kidding. But anyway, hey, thanks, man. This has been good. Hey, thanks, Darren. And we'll you. we'll continue with this series, of course. We we'll be back again before the actual Ruth series starts. And you already gave a tease of the yeah, tease. You I know, did. Next series we're going to be doing is on the Book of Ruth. It's called Redeeming Ruth. It's going to be good. excited about it. So that'll be coming up soon. All right, we'll see you guys.